We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome into the LakersNation.com podcast. I'm Trevor Lane. You can find me on Twitter at Trevor underscore Lane, Instagram at Trevor Lane NBA. Well, the Lakers season continues to roll on. It hasn't been very pretty lately, but we did get some interesting news yesterday regarding Russell Westbrook, the Lakers front office. We'll talk about that a little bit. Plus, we got introduced to a couple of new Lakers, namely DJ Augustine and Wenyan Gabriel, so we can talk a little bit about what they said in their pressers, as well as what to expect when the Lakers take on the Clippers tonight. Joining me is LakersNation.com's Sean Davis. Sean, how are you? I'm doing all right, Trevor. I get to talk about the wild uh, life of being a Lakers fan and reporting on the Lakers, so it's always fun talking with you, man. Ron Gutterman and I yesterday broke down from a cap perspective what everything means in terms of the Russell Westbrook news that came out, which this came from Bleacher Report. Uh, Jake Fisher reported that there's mutual interest in the Lakers and Russell Westbrook parting ways. So let's start there. Um, Mutual, to me, this is significant because it means this isn't just the Lakers saying, okay, we made a mistake. Russell Westbrook, let's try to find a way out of this. Let's work for a trade or something like that this offseason. But this is also from Russell Westbrook's side that, hey, he doesn't really want to be a Laker next year. So I think at this point, Sean, it's probably safe to say that Russell Westbrook's days in the purple and gold are numbered, right? Absolutely. And I feel like we've been saying this for a while now, but just kind of the, I don't want to say confirmation, but just him, our sources saying he wants out as well. Uh, I was like, oh, wow, that's kind of more of the shocking thing. But we've kind of already been penciling it in since we're out Christmas break. Uh, Yeah, Russell Westbrook is not going to be a Laker uh, next season. So, I mean, is Shane Ross or the sources say Russell Westbrook wants to leave as well? That's kind of the shocker out of the news regarding him. Um, But I wasn't too surprised that they they said the Lakers organization want to say, yep, this isn't working. Um, now, again, as you and Ron did excellently break down, the big thing is is the $47 million expiring contract. I think this expiring, it helps. And 
There's also an option as well that I think Jake Fisher said in the article and you guys kind of talked about was the possibility of just cutting him and stretching it. That's also an option. But Russell Westbrook is not going to be a Laker next season. And I think uh, that is something that I don't want to say pencil it in, but I would be very surprised if Russ is in this roster next year. Okay, so let's talk about the how. Then if Russ, most likely the goal is going to be to move on from Russell Westbrook, both from Westbrook's camp and from the Lakers how they accomplish that. So in terms of, do you wave him? Do you stretch his salary out? That's right. Look, Lakers fans, I've already got it on my calendar. July 1st, I've got a little reminder, a little notification that's going to go off and it's going to say Luol Deng's contract is off the books because I've been asked by Lakers fans for so many years, when does Luol Deng's contract finally get off the books for the Lakers? It's July 1st. We are almost there. And then you're going to add $16 million for the next, almost $16 million for the next three seasons after this of dead money on the cap. If you just wave Russ and stretch his salary that I find a little bit hard to believe. Maybe if they have something great lined up that they can u- really use the cap space for, or the, the flexibility for, I should say, because they would still have cap space, but I imagine they're going to exhaust any option for trading him. So let's talk about that in terms of what Russell Westbrook brings on the floor right now. If we're able to separate separate him from his contract, are there any NBA teams out there that you think might be interested in saying, you know what, on an expiring deal for one year, we'll take a flyer on Russell Westbrook as long as we're not giving up too much? Again, so you take a contract yeah. out of it. Russ is still a starting point guard in the NBA, but I think a big thing is, unfortunately, Trevor, I don't think you can ignore the contract. I think you have to look at Russ and you say, hey, Russ, we'll take, we'll bring you in, but like, this is your role. And I I don't really think Frank and the coaching staff, maybe it's because they didn't know what they wanted his role to be at the start of the season, but wherever he goes next, presumably next season, and whatever team wants him or whatever, they have to have a the Dell conversation with Russell Westbrook and say, hey, are you willing to do this, 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 and this? If that's it, if you're willing to do that, if you're willing to contribute to winning, then sure, we'll, we'll bring you in. But if not, then no, I'm not going to deal with what the Lakers dealt with for two-thirds of the season. It's not worth our time. So, I mean, Russ is, again, he's still a starting point guard when uh, he does he does do some good things. He When he actually decides to cut, he's a really good cutter. When he decides to screen, he's a good screener for for a guard. Um, Russ is not just below average point guard. I think we kind of look at him in his contract and then, you know, judge appropriately, but he's still a, a starting caliber point guard. Um, and yeah, so I think he has to have a role, a set role going into next season that is clear. And I think that's part of what the problem was with this Lakers team is that they didn't really know what his role was going to be until January. And that's kind of problematic. Well, and that's that's the key. And that's what I mean by separating him from his contract. Like, you can't ignore the contract. But I think that sometimes the the perception of the contract, it's, it's a bad contract. There's no there's no getting around it. It's a bad contract, right? But yes. the, the contract bleeds into our perception of him as a player. And I think that if yeah. we do look at him just as a basketball player, he's got some value, right? I mean, he can do some things. But again, the question is, mm-hmm. will he play a specific role. So I'm trying to think in terms of, of landing spots. Is there a team out there that we could foresee that perhaps needs a point guard that could need someone like Russell Westbrook with his particular skills? I mean, that's the thing. Maybe we just need to work backwards here. What's the, how would you construct the team around Russell Westbrook in order to get the best 
out of him? What's the ideal scenario? And then we try to find a team from that. Well, if you're building your team around Russell that's, Westbrook, that's which a, that's I advise a you not yes, to yes. do. But for, but for Russ, what's, <laughs> what is the best environment for Russell Westbrook? How do you get the most out of him? Uh, you surround them on the floor. Mm-hmm. You need at least three shooters on the floor with them. And then I think you would want a big that can kind of either pick and pop or pick and roll and be a legitimate threat doing either. And I don't know. I have a weird feeling that it wouldn't happen, but Washington now they have oh. KP. That would be awesome. Like doing a little pick and pop game with him and KP, space the floor out. Like that's kind of a situation. Uh, and I'm looking at the teams now. I'm like, yeah, that you're going to have a hard time finding a team that fits Russ. But I mean, a couple of teams, I guess you could kind of consider Knicks are going to be in the mix because of what happened at the deadline. Um, it's, <laughs> after it's, that. it's tough. And that's that's part of my point here is I, I do wonder if the Lakers are looking to move Russell Westbrook, how many teams out there are number one in need of what he can do and then have the pieces to make it's it's not going to be an easy trade as much as we say just throw a first round pick in with russell westbrook and you can find a way to get a deal done i think you can find a way to move him but to move him to a place that's going to give you anything that you want in return and maybe all you're looking to do is chop up his salary into smaller pieces in way in kind of a reverse of what the lakers did when they traded for him you, you traded away three guys who had smaller salaries maybe that's the the goal uh it's interesting that you bring up washington because from all the pre-trade deadline talk the washington wizards fan base was one of the few fan bases that i saw that wasn't completely resistant to russell westbrook rejoining their team and, yeah, and they got they got a pretty decent version of russell westbrook down the stretch last season so maybe that's part of it now yeah. some of them that i saw i should note this was in the scenario that the Lakers traded him to the Rockets and then he was waived and they were picking him up as a free agent. Then they were all for it. And that's, I think, key too. most teams. Look, if Russell Westbrook, if you're getting him on a veteran minimum, heck, if you're getting him on a mid-level exception of about 10 million bucks, there are, there's a number of teams that would say, sure, we'll, we'll give it, give that a shot. The contract absolutely matters. But the point is that finding a landing spot for Russ might not be super easy, but I think that this is where both sides wanting out of this situation helps because now you're going to have Russell Westbrook. You're going to have his agents. They're going to be scouring the league too, just like the Lakers looking to see what options are out there. How can we find something that works? And I think that could actually help the process for the Lakers and trying to get a deal done this summer. Cause like I said, I think the preference will be to trade him rather than buy him out, wave him. And then we have to stare at that, almost 16 million dollars of dead money on the cap for three more seasons and then you have to be asked for three more years trevor 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 <laughs> trevor once once gone oh. um yeah i didn't think about that man like you're i'm looking at the teams of like new york and then what other team do you like yeah they could probably use a point guard and like, and even new york going for russ is the type of move they would have made a year or two ago you know, and that's ago, that, that yeah. hasn't been. But maybe if I, I think the key is going to be for the Lakers that they would, it's, depending on the situation, most likely they're going to have to be willing to take back contracts that go past next year. If you do that, that's mm-hmm. where you can sell it to a team as where maybe you can get some value back because you can say, look, 
Russ's contract extends after this year, the three, the four, however many guys you're giving us, they go for two more years or three more years. We're giving you cap space a season earlier. The Lakers, of course, would be sabotaging their own 2023 cap space plan to do so, but that may be the path towards getting value for Russell Westbrook. So it's going to be something that'll be really interesting to watch and see exactly how this plays out. But again, it does sound like somehow, some way, this summer will be the end of, of Russell Westbrook in purple and gold, which means the number of games that he has left are probably limited. Now, obviously, things can change. Crazy stuff happens. But right now, it feels like that is indeed the direction we're going. We also heard a little bit about Rob Palenka potentially being on the hot seat as well as Frank Vogel. Uh, again, Ron Gutterman and I broke that down a lot yesterday on the Lakers Nation YouTube channel. So everybody, if you didn't hear that, go check that out. But we'll see what happens. We could see massive overhaul from the Lakers, both in terms of the roster and in the front office and in the coaching ranks as well prior to next season. Sean, I think I think next season, when the, when the season starts off, we're going to be looking at a very, very different Lakers team. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. organizationally and in terms of the players on the roster and July 1st KK and East Center baby like <laughs> let's go um in all seriousness uh I know you and Ron kind of talked about if Rob deserves to be on the hot seat and I think Ron made a great point where he was talking about how Rob has made some good things he's done some good decisions I thought me personally I thought his thought process going into last season's free agency and lat building last year's team was was good that was the right thought process and decision making and then you have this offseason which is just a complete blunder um i think the one saving grace is the fact that well it's a couple saving graces it's the fact that genie has a lot of trust in him he's won a championship in as recent as two seasons ago now and he's kobe's agent or he was kobe's agent yeah like which matters which which matters so yeah i think you're right i do think that this buzz about Rob Palenka going somewhere isn't isn't much. I, I think, if anything, if the Lakers are going to bring in somebody, I think the option, and this got brought up in the Jake Fisher piece, that most likely mm -hmm. happens, and this is this is me speculating here, but it's that somebody gets brought back in to work with Rob, like, like Magic's role was when Magic was on board. We see that come back into play. Now, who is that? I don't know. I mean, in theory, Kurt Rambis is kind of doing that already, right? And Linda Rambis, like, they're... They're in the Lakers' brain trust. So you've got the, the shadow GM, if you will, that's that's involved there. So I don't know who exactly they would bring in, but I think if we see anything, rather than get rid of Rob, I think they would bring in somebody else to act with Rob, and then we'll 
see what goes on there. Particularly if he's got this reputation around the NBA that's not positive, that he's somebody that's difficult to work with, there's some lingering resentment from his time as an agent. That's stuff where maybe you need a buffer between Rob and the direct negotiations with some other clubs. And that's where bringing in another person could particularly help the Lakers. So we'll see what they actually wind up doing there. But uh, man, going to be a busy summer. Got to get through the rest of this season first, though. Got to get through the rest of the season. The Lakers, they're still holding out hope. Frank Vogel said, look, if we get our guys healthy, if we catch the right team, if we're able to get a spark going, you never know. They're still holding out hope that if they get AD back, they'll have a puncher's chance. I know. It seems ridiculous at, at this point. Against who? The Jazz or the Knicks? Like, who? Against who? <laughs> against the... I mean, they're they're talking about get through the play-in tournament and then who knows, you know, what happens in there, which you kind of have to say that, right? I mean, we understand what the chances are. But if you're Frank Vogel, if you're the Lakers, you can't... Yeah. Yeah. If you're asked the questions in a press conference, you can't just say, oh... No, we have no shot. And you're not going to do that. You're not going to do that. So, but they are, they're maintaining that they have a puncher's chance to make something happen. Great. I, I hope it happens. I hope that would be fantastic if that happens. Yeah. But uh, we did see a couple of new Lakers come in. Maybe these guys yes. can help a little bit. Don't assume that these guys are going to come in and turn anything around. Okay. But maybe they can provide some things. So let's start with DJ Augustine, who was particularly excited about joining the Lakers. Um, he talked about this in his presser today. Uh, he's excited. He's played twice already for Frank Vogel, played for him in Indiana, played for him in Orlando. He was also particularly excited to play with Russell Westbrook because they played together in OKC. So he talked about how great of a guy Russell Westbrook is and said he's a great player. Lakers fans took some exception when I put that out, but had that out there on Twitter. But DJ Augustine, as a backup point guard, how do you envision him fitting in on this Lakers roster? How can he help? Because obviously there's a reason why they went and got him. I think you go get him for some shooting. And also, well, yeah, he's a career 38% shooter from, from three. He shot in 34 games and in 15 minutes on average. He shot 40% from three this year. So you're getting a good shooter and just a good secondary playmaker off the bench that can actually be a guard so you don't have any really weird tacky lineups. But Trevor, I don't know if you thought about this, but the first thought that came into my mind when they grabbed DJ Augustine is, yeah, Kendrick Nunn's done. He's done for the year. Very similar to like the Bucks mm -hmm. getting Serge Ibaka because of the Brook Lopez thing, where if Brook was coming back, I'm not sure they'd do that. If you're positive Kendrick Nunn is coming back at any point, particularly like in the next couple of weeks, preferably then I don't think you'd make this move. But getting DJ Augustine, man, I, I, I really don't think Kendrick Nunn is coming back this season. Well, and Frank Vogel still expressed optimism. He said that's not the case. It's not a Kendrick Nunn is done for the season. He was asked about it at the press conference today. And he, was, he said that's not the case. But, but, again, you have to filter things when you are the head coach and you're talking to, to he's the a ways yeah, away. he's a ways away that's frank vogel's favorite favorite phrase um last we heard is sometime around the end of march well there's like six or seven games left in the season at the end of march so a minor setback for kendrick Naughton, like a one week setback essentially ends his season so if you're the lakers you do have to approach this as though kendrick Nunn's not coming back and he's not and then if he is if he does come back great fantastic. You can put him in there, see mm -hmm. what he's got, that type of thing. But I think that approaching it as though Kendrick Nunn is out, out, that you will not see him this season, that's the appropriate course of action. And that that does help 
make the DJ Augustine move make that much more sense because you didn't really have another ball handler, even if it's just to take some of the burden off of LeBron. Um, if you're getting blown out in a game or if you're, hey, who knows? Let's be optimistic. If you're winning a game by a bunch, you can have someone else <laughs> who just can competently bring the ball up the floor and not have to say, here, yeah. LeBron, here you go. You've got to bring the ball up anytime Russell Westbrook's not on the floor. So I think that factor is important. And then you mentioned the outside shooting that it gives you. Certainly doesn't give you much on the defensive end of the floor, but I no. mean, he's a guy on the buyout market. You're not, you're not going to get a complete player on the buyout market right now. Yeah, because if they are a complete player, they would be on the team right now, or they wouldn't be on the buyout market, rather. So, yeah. And DJ Augustine has a history of lighting up the Lakers, too. So I'm sure that didn't hurt in terms of the Lakers' Yay. desire to get him. And I would imagine Frank Vogel probably pulled for him as well. Uh, Wenyan Gabriel is another guy. This I'm interested. I'm, I'm intrigued by Wenyan Gabriel for the same reasons why we're interested in Siku Dumboya, who now we're finding out he posted to his Instagram um, didn't know this when he was initially released. He posted to his Instagram a picture of his, his foot in a walking boot. So it sounds like what happened was, and this happened earlier in the season, by the way. Siku Dubois suffered an injury, injury earlier in the season. The Lakers waived him. Then when he healed up, they brought him back. It appears that he's injured now based on what he posted to Instagram. And so the Lakers waived him from his two-way contract once again. And then they went and picked up Wenyan Gabriel. Now, Frank Vogel has mentioned, though, that Gabriel is going to be seen as more of a full team guy. Like he's not, they're not expecting him to spend a bunch of time in the G league. He's on a two way contract, but this late in the season, the limit, you know, you're not too worried about how many games he plays or anything like that. Uh, particularly with the, the COVID rules that they've got. So he's going to be expected to be up with the club. I know you were doing some research on him. What are you expecting out of Wenyan Gabriel on this, this Lakers team? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Well, just like a mini scouting report, he's a solid defender or really more of a guy that will make a the second and third extra effort, if you will defensively uh another just energy effort guy uh he can knock down the three ball well he really knocked it down well in college in kentucky uh i think he's what 36 percent in the nba right now he has a ton of them in the nba though yeah. um a couple of bad things i guess there were some clips where he kind of looked a little slow foot speed wise and i mean he's 6 9 205 which is not really desirable because then you're like you he's kind of like if you was 6 9 250 or whatever that i'm just throwing out a, a weight there you could potentially throw him in as a 
really small ball five, kind of like Draymond Green role in terms of like just envisioning that. Mm-hmm. But he can knock down a three ball. It was to the point where like the Pelicans were like drawing up half court sets to get him like an open three. I'm like, okay, wow, like we're doing this. But uh, yeah, so he can knock down a three ball well, solid defender. Um, and it's definitely worth the flyer on with 20 ish game left in the season 21 games left in the season so i like the move and if it works you bring him back next season and trevor we talked about this uh around the all around the trade deadline when the lakers didn't make any moves if they did make a move on the buyout market you go get a younger guy mm-hmm. see what they have and if it works yeah you get stanley johnson 2.0 you bring him back next season if it doesn't work well you tried so i, I like the signing for sure yeah if it doesn't work it costs you nothing you no, I mean yeah. you gave him a two-way contract, but the guy that was on that two-way contract was is hurt. So the, the, it's really no, you're not sacrificing much here. You've got to pay him, but that's but that's it. You're getting a look at him for the remainder of the season. And in theory, if mm-hmm. you're gonna take a guess, just gamble on somebody and say, hey, let's see if this guy's got something. Why not on a dude who's got the the physical profile to defend a little bit on the wing, be at a bit of a presence on the boards, mm-hmm. shoot a little bit. That sort of thing. So that's that's why I'm totally fine with this. I, I'm not expecting it to work out. I'm not expecting this to be great because this is very much just taking a flyer. It's it's trying to find a diamond in the rough. But if it does work, then fantastic. Then you move on next year. And by the way, I should mention next year, I don't believe he'll be eligible for a two-way contract next year, which means they would have to give him a full roster spot. But again, with the offseason coming up, a lot of roster shuffling, so many guys on non-guaranteed deals, next season, or at least they'll, they'll be out of contract this summer. That's not a, a huge obstacle either. If he shows out, great. You can probably bring him back next season. Now, I will say in the presser, he was very excited to be with the Lakers. He shared the story. He was actually about to get on a flight. His agent had dropped him off at the airport. He's about to check his bags to go to Grand Rapids to go for a G League game. And as he's about to check his bag for the flight, his phone goes off and it's his agent who had just dropped him off, hasn't left the airport yet and says, wait, don't get on the flight. Come back. The Lakers are calling. And he comes back and they find out that they've got the deal with the Lakers. And then he flies to LA instead of Grand Rapids. So always kind of fun hearing about how these guys found out, hey, that, they, that they're going to be with the Lakers. But he said the right thing so far, said he plans to bring energy and effort and, and rebounding and all that sort of stuff. I think the Lakers are going to give him a look. I think we will see him out there on the floor. How much of an impact will he make? I'm not holding my breath and assuming that he's going to change the the wing situation for the Lakers or anything like that, but it's the right kind of gamble if you're the Lakers. We're not falling for Trevor Ariza again. We're not we're not falling for the trick of oh yeah another wing he's going to be the X factor that turns the season around. We're not we're not falling for that one again. Good try. He did mention, Wendy Gabriel did mention that he felt pretty welcome with this team in particular because he played, he actually played against the Lakers in the playoffs uh, in 2020. Yeah. Um, and he, on that team was Carmelo Anthony and Trevor Ariza. So he already knew those guys. He already has some relationships with some of the players that are, that are on this team. He, he knows these guys already. And then the Kentucky connection, of course, with Malik Monk, Anthony Davis mm-hmm. as well. Uh, he didn't play with AD, but uh, AD had come back to Kentucky a few times. And so he got to, to meet him and talk to him. So he already has some familiarity with this team. So that's certainly a good thing. Um, all right. Before we finish things up here, though, the Lakers take it on the Clippers tonight. Final time this season. We know the Lakers have been trying to chase down the Clippers for the eight seed but they keep losing. 
So that's probably not going to happen. But 0-3 against the Clippers this season, I think they should be 2-1. and I think they should be 2-1. and I think at least two of those games against the Clippers, yes. the Lakers shot themselves in the foot. Now, we could say this about a lot of games, though. Heck, last game. The Lakers, they lost. They scored four points in the final seven minutes against the Mavs to clutch defeat from the jaws of victory. They have found ways to actively, they've actively found ways to lose games. Other teams have found ways to win games, and the Clippers, to their credit, they've been a team that's found ways to win games where you wouldn't expect them to. The Lakers have found ways to lose games where you wouldn't expect them to. That's the season in a nutshell. But what can the Lakers do to make this a at least a one win season against the Clippers and not go over against the crosstown Clippers. So Sean, what, what do we need to see against the Clippers? Uh, they actually defend the three point line and just don't have stupid, silly turnovers. Like th- that's literally what's cost them those, these three games. They can't defend the three point line against the Clippers and just silly turnovers. And also maybe a third thing. Can they, can we, execute a little bit of offense the fourth quarter they've lost the lakers have lost 13 games this season now by one or two possessions and i can count at least seven of those like vividly remember watching the lakers just not be able to score in the fourth quarter or or having a tough time to score down the stretch those last five minutes so and trevor i kind of ranted to you off camera i won't do it now but can we have some offensive execution down the stretch to win a must a must win game? Uh, so yeah, there we go. Just win. I don't care how many points you score. You know, I say this is the final meeting between the Lakers and the Clippers. It might not be like there's a decent chance these two play, sides yeah. meet each other in the play in, and you know the NBA is pulling for that. You know the NBA wants that to happen. They want I, that. I mean. The Lakers need to figure things out. They need to figure out how to close out game, which is amazing that we're saying this with a team full of veterans. But here we are. Um, I think that right now, it's not as, even without Anthony Davis, the Lakers have more talent on their roster than the Clippers do. But the Clippers play harder, frankly. The Clippers play harder. They lock in more defensively. They play more together. And that's why they've beaten the Lakers. And that's why in crunch time, they're making... Better coach. That too. That's why the, the Clippers are making the plays that are ultimately winning games. Just get a win. Just get a win, Lakers. Come out with energy. It's got to be energy and effort for the entire game. It can't be this kind of waxing and waning thing where, oh, look, they're trying again. Oh, no, wait, here comes the other team. Let's not do the fake comeback thing where they go down by a lot early and then then they battle their way back, but not really all the way back. And then the other team executes better down the stretch. Let's just put a full game together. That's what we're looking to see. And then I think they need a couple of guys to step up. I think this has got to be an average LeBron game, which we haven't seen that in a few recent ones. This has got to be at least an average Russell Westbrook game, and they're starting to use him a little bit more off-ball, so more cutting from Russ. We did see a few moments of success for that against the Mavs, but not nearly enough of it. And then you need a big Malik Monk night or Austin Reeves to make some big play. You need a couple of other guys to make some key plays in order to get this W. That's what it's going to take. Uh, I would love to see them finally get, obviously just getting a win in general would be fantastic, but don't go through the regular season. Oh, and four against the Los Angeles Clippers, please. Yeah. Hey, remember when I said the Lakers uh, after the all-star break, the next eight games was going to be pivotal mm-hmm. <laughs> for, uh, and they were going to turn the season around, uh, 
Thanks, Lakers. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Yeah, they they definitely have not turned things around here. In fact, it's they've only slid further, and some of those games have been maddening. So that's that's the thing that gets me too. That we need to mention is that you would expect against the Clippers, you're 0-3, you're getting one more shot at them. You probably should have won at least two of the three games that you played them against. You would expect the Lakers to come out fired up, angry, tons of effort, giving it everything. But it seems like most of the time when the narrative suggests they should be completely locked in, they go the opposite opposite way. So I have no idea what to expect for this game tonight. All I can say is I hope that when the final buzzer sounds, somehow the Lakers have scored more points than the Clippers and they walk away with a W. (laughs) Basketball gods, make this this happen at least to lighten the pain just a little bit. Lakers have scored 68 points at the end of the game, but if the Clippers have 67, I'm happy. I don't care. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, everybody. I think we're going to wrap it up there. We will do the LakersNation.com live postgame show right after Lakers versus Clippers. Hopefully, we are celebrating a Lakers victory, but make sure you come join us on YouTube when we do the live postgame show. Subscribe to the LakersNation.com YouTube channel. Turn on notifications as well. That that way you get notified right when we go live. You can come join us, talk, maybe vent a little bit if that's the scenario that we're in. Celebrate with us, whatever the situation is. Come join us for that. And if you are listening to the Apple Podcast version of this, Spotify, wherever it is, make sure you do give us that five-star rating. Follow us. We certainly do appreciate it. Till next time, everybody. Stay safe and see ya. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.